Welcome to the Running After 40 podcast, the podcast about all things related to running at 40 and beyond, produced by www.runningwithgrit.com. We help you stay physically healthy and emotionally strong at any running pace. I'm Sarah, your host, and a wife, a full-time working mom with three kids, three dogs, and a lifetime passion for running. Whether you are a veteran runner looking to maximize your times as a master runner or a brand new jogger starting in your 40s, 50s, or any age, this podcast will be there for your journey. I want to share stories, secrets, and strategies for success. This includes mistakes and lessons learned, all related to running past age 40. Let's hit the play button together and hit the roads as runners with grit after age 40. All right. So when I first started this podcast and I did a lot of interviews, which I want to get back to, uh, one of the things that I was searching for was, you know, why do people run and why do people keep running and how do, you know, the people that were successfully staying in shape, staying healthy after the age of 40, what made them different? And I think I really thought it was motivation and discipline. And, uh, you know, when I would interview people, I was kind of like, what motivates you? Those are the kind of questions that I was asking them. Uh, But recently, I listened again to Atomic Habits, which if you haven't ever read it or listened to it, um, I've listened to it twice. It's again, it's Atomic Habits by James Clear. And I really think that it will change the way that you have an outlook on your life, including your workout schedule, your nutrition, uh, and just overall, I mean, obviously, Atomic Habits habits. So if you take nothing else away from kind of my reiteration of it, uh, my favorite quote from him is that we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. And the other day, my husband was saying something about how uh, he, he he's a runner too, and he he tends to just go out every time that he runs and just run hard. And he's like, I'm just not disciplined enough to pace myself. And after you know listening to Atomic Habits again recently, I'm like, it doesn't have anything with di- to do with discipline. My husband's probably one of the most disciplined people I've ever met. It has to do with habits and the habit loop that he's gotten into over the years. He's been running since he was probably in in junior high, right? So he's got these habit loops for him. So I'm going to do my best just to give you an overview uh, of some of the things that I took away from Atomic Habits that you might be able to apply to your running. And, you know, to start out, if you're having any trouble like being committed to your running or your workout schedule or your nutrition, it's not you. And that's one thing that James Clear really emphasizes in the book. It's it's not a problem that is like it's people are always saying, like, I'm just not that motivated of a person or I'm just not that kind of person. It's actually not about you. It's about the systems that you've got in place. So that's the number one takeaway. Uh, and I think he talks about how the actions we take every day are the results of our systems. So what systems do you have in place? And I'm going to go over how he, you know, what he recommends. Uh, but, you know, you really start to think about that. What systems do you have in place to make it possible to work out, you know, whatever your goals are? If you have a goal to work out three days a week, what systems do you have in place to ha- make that happen? Uh, so one of the things that I really like to do is think about being 1% better. And that's, again, from uh, from his book. And 
he actually has a mathematical equation where if you just do 1% better every day, you end up 37.5 times better in a year. And if you're a cyclist, you would especially like uh, the story that he talks about. He talks about a cycling team. I think it's the British cycling team. And they were like the worst of the worst. And then they started this new thing where they looked at all these little ways they could do 1% better. I mean, it was literally things like cleaning uh, the truck and uh, making sure every biker washed their hands actually more times so that they got sick less. It were all these tiny little things. And then they ended up like in two years, just massively improving. So I think, you know, we're like, we're always like, oh, you see these things and it's like, take massive action. You know, I'm going to go run a marathon or whatever. But like, really, we just probably need to think, what am I going to do today? to get a little bit closer to where I want to be. And maybe that's going to be going for a walk. Maybe that's going to be adding five extra minutes. Maybe it's on your exercise. Maybe it's going to be doing a stretch program. It's it's something tiny. And uh, I always was in the habit, like if I couldn't run for, you know, like an hour that I just wouldn't run at all. When in reality, like that was so stupid because think about it. If I had just run like 30 minutes that day um, and then taken a few days off less in that year, like it really does add up. Like if you think in 30 days, if you exercise an extra five minutes each day, that's 150 minutes of exercise. So he he compares it to compound interest and he talks about how all these small things, like maybe choosing a smoothie instead of, a, you know, a shake or like uh, adding an apple instead of, you know, just these tiny, tiny little things that we think at that moment aren't that big of a deal. But over a period of year, a, a year, just think about like how massive those changes are. Uh, he also talks about focusing on a trajectory and not a number. Uh, so I like that too, you know, especially related to running because as you hit over 40, most of us aren't hitting PRs anymore. So it's nice to focus on just the overall trajectory. Uh, and he says, if you're on a good trajectory in your life, that time is on your side. And if you're on a bad trajectory, you just get worse. Like there's no really staying stagnant. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. So which one are you going to be? And, you know, if you make the decision to get 1% better, you know, every single day, that aggregate over time matters. So I really like that. Uh, the other part that I think relates to us as runners is we He talks about identity-based habits. And he said, the real reason that habits matter is that every action you take is like a vote for the type of person you want to become. So it's like just lacing up your running shoes is actually casting a vote of the kind of person that you're saying that you're going to become. So if you're not a runner yet, if just putting on your shoes and going out and running, like even as a run walk for 10 minutes, you're casting a vote for the kind of person that you want to be. Uh, He says, you know, not, he doesn't agree with like fake it till you make it. Um, because he said, you're actually not doing what you say you are, you know, like it's like, you know, your body's fake, your brain kind of knows you're faking it and you're not really into it. And that's why he thinks, you know, doing smaller things. He talks about a guy that actually would drive to a gym every day. I, I, gosh, I swear he did it for like a year and he would do like two pushups. But, um, James clear thing is that like doing something for two minutes actually becomes, you know, impactful Mm -hmm. over time. Uh, so I think that's pretty cool too. And that your behavior leads the way. Uh, and before a habit can be improved, it has to be established. So, 
you know, he says, uh, the beginning of the year, we all have these huge goals. And I'm totally victim of this. Like I used to say every year, my New Year's resolution was like, I'm going to do yoga. And then it was like, Sarah, you know, there's no way in hell you're going to do yoga. Like I knew I wasn't. So that's that kind of fake it till you make it. Like I knew I wasn't investing in it. I didn't have any systems in place to do it. Uh, so, you know, he says, instead of saying, you know, you're going to get up at 5 a.m., say you're going to get up five minutes earlier. Like make tiny changes. Uh, if you're going to, instead of saying, I'm going to do strength training, you know, the an hour every day, like do two minutes. If you want to read 10 books a year, start with two minutes a day. Um, and then what happens is you're like mastering the art of showing up and doing what you said you were going to do. And I I actually, when I first heard him talking about it, like how putting on your running shoes, I'm like, is he saying like you're tricking your brain? But he says it's not really a mental trick. It just becomes your standard of your life. So even, you know, if you've ever heard, um, I like people like sleeping in their workout clothes, it really does make a difference because you're, you have that behavior and you're taking the action that like you are going to run in the morning. Uh, so you'd be kind of silly if you woke up and you got your running clothes on and you don't go do it. So, um, I'll just repeat like my favorite part, which is every action you take is like a vote for the type of person you want to become. Uh, so, you know, when you think about your decisions and the actions that you take and like, you're like, Oh, I'm like voting for the person in my future, like the person that I want to become, I think it really does, uh, it, it, it resonates. Uh, and I also like how he says, uh, like being all or nothing isn't a good way to be, you know, kind of like, if we can't run fast or we can't like be competitive in a race, we're not going to do it at all. Like instead of that, just, you know, look for a way show up, even if it's less than you want to be at first. Um, and you know, for the people that are trying to get back into an exercise plan or maybe running for the first time, the hardest part is getting started. Uh, and you know, uh, I love how he says the heaviest weight at the gym is the front door. Cause once you're in there, you're pretty much going to do your workout, you know, uh, you're, you're not going to drive to a running trail and then like not go. I mean, maybe, but if you do, then it obviously was not meant to be that day. Okay. I'm going to just give a summary of his habit loops. Uh, so he talks about how there's, uh, four steps to a habit. And when that, what that means is that there are four places to intervene. So the first is a cue. And the cue is like a prompt. So it's like ambulance sirens prompting you to pull over, right? Or like a plate of cookies on the counter is a visual cue. And then the craving is your prediction about what that cue means. Uh, and your brain's going to predict what those cookies taste like. And then it motivates you to the third step is respond. So it goes cue, craving, response. And then the reward is the taste. Uh, so if you, uh, you know, that reward is like the taste of the cookie and if a behavior isn't rewarding, so if you didn't have that good taste, you're going to have trouble making a habit. So, uh, he mentions that the more that you repeat, so like the more that you put your running shoes on, that's your cue. Uh, and then, you know, you're kind of like your body's like craving that movement feeling. Uh, and then the response is that you go run. And then the reward is how good you feel after. And the more you repeat that loop and your body and your brain get used to that reward, um, the more, you know, you're going to have a positive behavior change. Uh, some of the things that he talks about as far as like, 
making those habit loops uh, and making behavior change, he says, make it obvious. So you want the cues to be available. Like actually don't keep your running shoes in your garage. Keep them like right where you can see them by your, you know, by your door so that your, your cue is like, oh, I need to go run. Again, keeping your running clothes out or on, um, keeping your gear easily accessible. Um, that, that all makes it very obvious and it gets your attention, making it attractive and exciting. So I know I used to joke with some of my friends like about like how exciting it was to get workout apparel, but really the cue is like to put on comfy stuff that makes you feel good and you like it, like you're going to be more apt to do the habit. You have to make it easy. Uh, so again, it's, you know, keeping those workout clothes out, there's a reason that it fundamentally uh, works on the brain. Uh, and then just making it convenient and simple. And I love that related to running because it is so convenient and simple. You can literally do it anywhere. Uh, make it satisfying. Uh, so really focus on the feeling that you get after the run or after the workout or how good your body feels after you do a stretch. Uh, and then you know, you're going to be more apt to repeat that habit later. Uh, so if you're wondering, you know, how can I make my running better? How can I make my habits better? Uh, again, ask yourself these questions. So he says, I'm just going to repeat them. Make it obvious. Make it attractive and exciting. Make it convenient and simple. Um, make it satisfying. So he says little things like, keeping a bowl of apples on your counter, you know, keep the cans of beer like in the back of the fridge where you don't see them and you have to have a little bit more effort to go through them. You know, we're humans. We like to have everything at our fingertips and easy, right? Uh, He mentions, you know, if you want to read more, move Audible to the first screen on your uh, phone and sprinkle books throughout the house. And, you know, look around in your house and see what kind of space does this encourage? Like, is it, you know, where you're working and living? Like, is there water readily available? Do you have healthy food on the counter like those apples? You know, what's in front of you and what's uh, motivating you? Uh, So anyway, just to reiterate, you know, no individual choice with running or with nutrition or any life habit is going to radically change your life. But he just talks about setting up structure for success. And I think it makes us all feel good. I mean, he he says even the best people love to lay on the couch and watch Netflix. But like successful people aren't just ultra um, disciplined. It's just that they have habits that they might watch Netflix, but they also know, you know, what's on their calendar and they've got uh, they have workout schedule on their calendar. They have meetings set up on their calendar. They have, you know, good time for food prep set up on their calendar. Uh, so if you look at your calendar and look at your habits, it's really going to tell the story of what's going on in your life. Uh, and, you know, the other thing, you know, just wrapping up here is willpower is just part of the story. Uh, He says that, you know, psychology studies show that it's not really finding people like when you find people that have this high willpower and they, you know, exercise and they eat well, etc. The primary difference with them is that they've set themselves up in environments where they're tempted less. So how can you design an environment where you can be tempted to run and, you know, more apt to have cues to, you know, eat well. So the social environment is critical. And I think related to running, it means, you know, maybe you need to set yourself up in, you know, a running club locally, uh, where you're surrounding yourself. It's all and your whole group has shared expectations. So showing up to run or running at 5am becomes the norm because that's who you're uh, around. 
Uh, James Clear gives an example of like how, you know, when you see your neighbor mow the grass and you're like tempted and you're like, oh, I need to go mow my grass. So it's like you want to be around people where the desired behavior is the normal behavior because your life is truly a direct reflection of your peers. Uh, So, you know, who's on your team? Who's who are you surrounding yourselves with? Uh, And, you know, and then uh, figure that out and maybe you need to change it up. Uh, and then I think the the last little part is uh, just to just to emphasize how related to running, how can you design an environment where uh, you're you're just motivated to run because of the systems that are in place, whether it's scheduling it on your calendar, like if you use an electronic calendar, like blocking it out, uh, making that social group, uh, you know, adding the cues of keeping your running shoes out, buying yourself a new workout, you know, uh, outfit, whatever is like that. But again, if your behavior is not rewarding, you're going to have trouble making a habit. So if you're not getting some reward from your run, um, then your brain's going to kind of fight back on it. So uh, try to figure out something that you can, um, you know, if you're not feeling great after you run and generally like when you're trying to get back in shape, it doesn't always feel good. Uh, So do something else like to reward yourself. Maybe it's a hot bath. Maybe it's a hot shower after right afterwards. So your brain's like, okay, after that, I get to do this. And that will help too, I think. So Anyway, if you're having any trouble with motivation, it's not you, it's your systems. And the actions we take every day are the results of our systems. We don't rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems. And uh, if you just write this down, if you get 1% better every day, just do one thing, you're going to be 37 times better in a year. So that's it for today. I just wanted to share because I'm kind of obsessed with atomic habits. uh, And I just wanted to, uh, those are my key takeaways. Thanks for listening to the Running After Age 40 podcast. If you like the show, please be sure to rate and give us a like in iTunes. Also check out our website, www.runningwithgrit.com for all things related to running over the age of 40. We have a special gift guide up for the holidays on the site designed to share stocking stuffer ideas and gifts for runners at pretty much every price. Thanks for listening.